Hi, and welcome to Shattering BS Beliefs. I'm your host, Amy Turner, the No BS Sweetheart. And in this show, what we're going to do is we are going to shatter those BS beliefs that were never yours. Did you know that babies are born with only two fears? The fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. So any of these BS beliefs that you have about yourself were completely created by you and you can uncreate them. So let's do it. Oh, and if you're lucky, sometimes I have a special co-host and he can be found in the background scratching, sniffing, whining, and if you're lucky, even barking. So see if you can hear him. Stay tuned. Mother, mother, can you hear me? Hello. So, okay, so I think that song is from the 90s, if I'm correct, like late 90s, maybe early 2000s. And um, I think actually that song is probably a lot more deeper and harsh than how I sing it. Like I sing it pretty, pretty airy fairy, right? And because of the lyrics in that song, it should be more like, mother, mother, can you hear me? <laughs> right? So... When I decided that I'm going to be doing this whole entire session on Mother, that song has just been playing in my head over and over and over again. I was like, why not just sing it at the beginning? I mean, who cares, right? And so, and also, um, I've been wanting to talk to you guys about Mother issues for about three weeks now. And because it's not an easy topic... I've been talking myself out of it over and over and over again. So here I am. I'm here with you live. If you're listening to the podcast, then you can just come in and join live and give me a comment. And so, yeah, today we are going to talk about mother, mom, madre. And the quote is, if your mother can't see you, you can't see you. And so we'll be talking a little bit deeper about what that quote entails. And so I want you to think about your relationship with your mom growing up. And so as you're thinking about it, was it loving? Was she present? Did she nurture you? When you're thinking about your relationship with her, are you thinking about painful things? Are you thinking about happy things? Let's dive in. And one little disclaimer that I have is that just want you to know, because we're talking about moms and some of you might even be moms on this call right now, is I want you to know that everyone is doing the best with the information that they have. And so I'm here giving you the information that I know. I am no way saying I know how to be a mom because I'm not yet. Um, I have had my own mom. I have had my own work that I've done a ton of work on myself about what's what's happened with me and just all of the experiences and different things like that. So I'm here to maybe give you some clarity on how you are sabotaging, how you are letting these BS beliefs just take over. And one of my favorite books is called Maps to Ecstasy. And by Gabriel Roth, and she talks about how there's different roles of our parents. And so she says that our mom's role is to teach us how to nurture ourselves and to express our feelings and to 
to love ourselves, to love our body for all of that, like self-esteem and that confidence. That's the mother's role. She says that the father's role is to teach us how to relate with others, how to be in relationships. And so that will be the next episode where we'll go deeper into the father because today we are concentrating on mom. Our moms were our very first role models. Our moms were our, our first love. And as little babies, that's who we watched. That's who we copied. That's who we learned how to do life with. And so this mothering instinct, nurturing instinct begins in pregnancy when we are just this little fetus. That's when we already know as babies, whether we are wanted or unwanted and whether we're going to get nurtured or not nurtured. And I even had a client during our session go back because what I do is I do like hypnotherapy mixed with therapy. And so she went back into a scene when she was back in her mom's womb. And she knew before we had our session that she wasn't wanted. Her mom was, she was just not wanted. They didn't want kids. And when she went back into the womb, she actually heard her mom say that she's scared. She's anxious. She doesn't know what to do. She doesn't want kids. And so that just put a huge imprint on her, even just in the womb. And that's what she's coming into is knowing she's coming into in a, in a sense an unwelcoming place. So it all starts from the very minute that you become a fetus. One thing that Gabrielle Ross says a lot in her book is that the mom is supposed to, so your mom is supposed to follow that, that mother's instinct. I mean, we all have it, but especially as a mom, that mother's instinct where you know that it's like when the baby is hungry, you feed the baby. When the baby's crying, you let the baby sleep. When the baby is or when you're crying, you let him sleep. When the baby is crying, you attend to the fact that he or she is crying and you let them have emotions. And when the baby is is tired, you let the baby sleep. And she's very big on do not like just listen to experts telling you to put this baby on a schedule because that can really impact them later on. And maybe it impacted you. And um, I think it was back in the 70s or maybe 80s. I can't remember the huge uh, professional guy that came out and he was telling everyone to let the baby cry and just let the baby self-soothe themselves. And actually, and so many people were doing it because that's what he was saying to do. And actually, it was not a good thing because attachment is so incredibly important for a baby to have with a mom. And he was teaching the mom, they didn't know, they were just listening to this professional. He was teaching the mom and the baby, basically, that the baby, I mean, babies, we need to know that we are safe, secure, and protected. And he was saying that the baby just has to self-soothe and just get over it and just cry it out. And that's so incredibly fearful to a baby to not feel safe, secure, and protected. That's what, um, so, so that's what she's saying. And a lot of other people say, it's like, follow that mothering instinct. You have it, follow that because you'll know to follow the baby and what it needs and not necessarily what this schedule is saying. And if you were a mom and you did it, there's no, there's no way to feel bad about it. We're all doing the best we can with the information that we have. So that's just something to, to pay attention to that it starts so early on when we can start having mother issues. 
Oh, and so another thing to know is it's like we can only give and teach what we were taught and what we know. And so if your mom was taught how to love herself, how to be in her body, how to nurture, then she's going to teach you how to do it. If she wasn't, then she's not going to know how to teach you. And so, and if she wasn't, you could be going through life trying to figure out who you are and what you want because you didn't get that. And that's nothing wrong. It's just something that it's, you're going to have to do a little bit more work for that. One thing I want to point out is, again, I'm not a parent, but I've heard and I've seen that being a parent is one of the hardest jobs in the world. There's no manual. There isn't like, oh, okay, this is what you do. And you go to this school and you get this degree and here it is. It's just like, okay, here's this kid that you have to take care of and you have to have these instincts. So I just want to acknowledge that being a mom is an incredibly, extremely hard job. And for mom, so so your mom, for you to have a really like healthy parenting is for your mom to completely securely attach to you when you were a little kid, completely attached. So you know that you're loved, you're safe, you're protected, you're nurtured. And then for the mom to completely let go and let their child separate and go into a completely separate person and honor them for their unique gifts and talents. And that is not an easy job, especially if your mom didn't have a mom who was able to do that completely attached and then completely detached to let you go on and be an adult, then it's going to be really hard for you to do that if you are a mom or if you're going to be. So that's just something to acknowledge is it's not, it's not an easy job whatsoever. And so I'm here to show you of what could have maybe happened and why you're sabotaging so you can have that awareness and move on from it. There's, um, there's such thing as called like attachment styles. You guys might know, might know all about this. So there's four different attachment styles. There's secure, ambivalent, avoidant, and then there's another one that came to be later on called disorganized. And so what happened is there was an experiment back in, or all of these different psychological tests back in the seventies called the strange situation study. And I think it's really funny that they call it a strange situation study because it has to do with having a stranger there. So I don't know why they just dropped the R. Maybe they had to pay extra for an R. So they just changed it to strange situation study. But anyway, so that was done in the seventies. What it was is it took babies anywhere from one years old to two years old and they had um, the mom and the baby do this experiment to see what kind of attachment the baby has and how the baby reacts when the mom is there when the mom is gone. And so what starts is the mom and the baby are in the room. And so the, there's like toys and different things for the kid to do. And then while the mom and baby are in the room, then a stranger comes in. And so when the stranger comes in, then the mom leaves. Okay. Then, so it's just the baby and the stranger, and then the mom comes back, and then the stranger leaves. And then again, then the mom leaves. So now the baby is completely alone. No one's in the room. And then the stranger comes back. So now it's just the baby and just the stranger. Then the mom returns, and the stranger leaves. All of this occurs, I think, in like a three-minute period or three minutes for every, I think it's three minutes for every time there's someone leaving or coming. What they found out are the different attachment styles that show up 
when the mom leaves, the stranger comes in. And so by no means does this mean like this is who you are and this is who you're always going to be. It just shows because attachment is so incredibly important when it comes to your mother, you and attaching to your mother has so much to do with your confidence and how you are in the world. And if you think you're good enough and if you think you're worthy to have what you want and if you love yourself and if you're able to feel good in your own skin, again, by no means this means that this is who you are. Things can absolutely change, but it's something to really pay attention to and see like, oh, okay, which one, which one do I think I was in? Because once you have that awareness, that's when you can change things. Okay. So the first one is securely attached. So this happened when the mom left, the baby was distressed. So a little bit anxious, a little bit crying. And then when the stranger was in there with the baby, the baby completely ignored the stranger, like avoided the stranger as much as it, much as it could. But when the mom and the stranger were in the room at the same time, the baby was friendly to the stranger. Then when the mom was around, the baby felt safe and secure and protected to go and explore the room and play with the toys and see what's going on because the baby knew that the mom was right there. The second one is this is insecure ambivalent. And so what that means is that when the mom left, the baby was very distressed, very anxious, crying a lot, didn't know what to do when the mom left. And when the stranger was in there, the baby was extremely fearful of the stranger. And the baby cried a lot, didn't want to explore the room, just was very much like trying to self-regulate what was going on emotionally. And um, then when the mom, this is the telling part, when the mom came back, the baby didn't have contact with the mom. And if the mom went over to the baby, then the baby would even push the mom away. So that was a big one of the ambivalence. The last one is avoidant. And so this is where there, when the mom left, there was no distress on the baby. He could, he or she could care less, right? And when the stranger was in there, there was no problem with the stranger. There was no fear or crying or anything like any red flag going off. It was just like, oh, okay. And when the mom returned, there was little interest in the mom when she was returning. And here's the big piece of the avoidant piece, which is that the baby treated the stranger and the mom the same. Take it or leave it, right? It was like, oh, there's mom, there's stranger. There's no attachment, nothing like that. So what does this mean for you? So this is how it shows up when we are adults. And so if you were extremely lucky and extremely rare and you came from completely being securely attached, then you have a high self-esteem, you are trusting, you easily share your feelings with people and you feel completely supported socially. You really aren't socially awkward. You just feel pretty confident comfortable and confident in your own skin. Now, when it comes to insecure ambivalent, so this is where you have some difficulty trusting people. This is someone who is, can be pretty clingy and needy, not okay being alone. Someone who feels like they, they need to have someone there with them. 
this is someone who is, it's really hard to trust that anyone's going to be there for you. And usually this person in the extreme sense can go into being a codependent. And so this is where you lose yourself in a relationship. You were that person that is just giving, 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 always putting everyone else's needs in front of yours because you feel like you need to be in that relationship and completely lose yourself and your own needs and wants in the relationship. And here's the thing. A lot of people who are codependent, they don't realize that how resentful they really are because codependent, it can look really good. It can look like, oh, you like altruistic, like you really care about other people's needs and you really care about their wants and dreams and everything, which is great. But it's if you're codependent, if you fall into those traits, then what it is, is you're doing it in order to get it back in order to get that recognition, that acceptance that you didn't get growing up. And so that's why you look for someone that whole like you complete me crap that's out there. It's that's usually what it is. It's like you didn't learn how to love yourself and respect yourself. And so then it's like looking for someone else to give that to you. And then here's the thing. If you have those codependency traits, usually what happens is you attract someone who has addiction. So they're putting the addiction first, you come second, and then that's that whole effect of it's like pulling and pushing and pulling and, and just trying to become like you're wanting to become the addiction of the addict, but instead the addict becomes your addiction and it can just get really convoluted. And that's because you had that, that, um, insecure ambivalent attachment where you had this, like you, you felt like you needed to, to cling, to figure out like who you are and how it can show up too, is you could have difficulty moving out of your parents. You could be set up to take care of your parents your whole entire life and, and difficulty separating and being alone. Here is, um, the other piece. So insecure avoidant means this person is very independent and they are very independent because they felt that usually it's because that person was smothered so much by their mom. Cause we're talking about mom today. So it could be that they were smothered so much that it's like, I don't want to take care of you anymore. I don't want to be in charge of your emotions. And so you can feel like you want to, you have to be, independent. You don't want to look to anyone. You don't want to ask anyone for help. You don't want anyone to ask you for help. It's just that very like, I got this. I can do this on my own. And it's usually because you felt rejected. And so you feel unworthy. And it's like, I can't ask for anyone else to help me. I can't, I can't expect anyone else to be there because if my own mom was rejecting me, then who else is going to reject me? And then that's when that, um, you can feel really independent and um, so your needs were rejected. I mean, your needs didn't matter at all. So a lot of times this shows up in relationships where you have trouble connecting, trouble being intimate in a relationship. Like I said, trouble of asking for help. And um, this is, is someone who easily can go into addictions. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like substance addictions or like alcohol. It can be behavior addictions. It can be workaholic. It can be exercising too much, it can be food addiction. It can be those like what we consider like the healthy addictions because 
because it's that whole, like, you can't trust anyone. And so it's like, you, you're so independent. You can't give yourself to anyone. You can't have that reciprocal relationship. So, but we still need that. So we find an addiction. So the last piece is this is disorganized. And this is one that they didn't do during the strange situation studies because they found out about it later. And so disorganized is a mixture between avoidant and ambivalent. And so if you want to think about it, it's kind of like that push-pull. Like sometimes you you can be really needy and then sometimes you can be completely independent and stay away from me. And so it can be very confusing, especially in a relationship with someone or if you've ever been in a relationship with someone, it can feel like that. So if anyone, let me know if you're relating, if you're seeing this with relationships that you've been in or maybe with yourself or with your mom or parents or anything like that. Here's here's the thing. If you were very lucky and you had a completely healthy mom who obviously she had a healthy mom because she was able to teach this to you, these are what you would expect to see in a completely healthy mom. And so that is someone who can love you unconditionally. And this is real. I mean, if you're an adult and you didn't feel you got loved unconditionally growing up, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. You're not going to be able to find someone to completely, you're not complete you. You're not going to be able to find someone who is going to take care of you, who's going to unconditionally love you. When we become adults, we have conditions on our love. Just because you're hurting me over and over again doesn't mean I have to unconditionally love you. So one thing that I suggest for all of my clients, if they're single and they're not happy being single, get a dog. Dogs will unconditionally love you or get another animal that will unconditionally love you because maybe not a cat. You can, you can get lucky. I got lucky when I was a little girl and I had a cat that would sleep with me every single night and like put both paws, like massage my shoulders with both paws while we were sleeping. So he, um, he, no, she. So she would um, sleep with me and act a little bit more like a dog. So you can you can find those cats. But for one, like dogs will give you unconditional love. So if you're not happy being single, get a dog. It will help so much because then you will feel that unconditional love. Also, okay, so a healthy mom will encourage you to develop your personality. And it's okay if you want to do something different than the family. It's okay if you have different dreams and aspirations than her and the family. She wants to encourage you for that. She wants to look at your unique skills and gifts. For a healthy mom, she would know how to securely attach to you at the beginning of your life and then know it's okay to detach and let you go on and create your life and be an adult and be your own mom or your own dad. And she knows how to get her needs met. She does not look to her kids to fulfill her needs. She knows how to ask for what she wants, get her own needs met, and make herself happy. And here's the thing is there there's a little nuance here because it's she knows how to make herself happy. However, she makes you, she makes her kid feel that you make her happy. So it's not she looks to the kid to make her happy. It's she lets the kid feel that that kid makes her feel happy. And in turn, she knows how to get her needs met and how she knows how to be happy. And she respects herself and she has that self-love and she's confident with who she is. And especially with the boundaries, she knows who she can trust and who she can't. So again, 
very rare that you have all of those. If you have some of those, that's amazing. That is incredible. And if you've done that as a mom, that is even more incredible. And so now we'll go on and we'll talk about, so what could have happened to you and why you are sabotaging? Erin has a great question. Can you change your attachment style as your kids are getting older? Is it just an infancy? AKA, how do we not screw up our own kids? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So if you saw that, oh, this is how my mom attached to me and you see that you're doing it as a mom and um, your kids are older, you can absolutely change it. And I'm going to give you some, some pointers of what to do if you are a mom at the end. So you can kind of go back and reverse it and change things around with with your kids if you're noticing that it is affecting them. Okay, so let's go into what could have happened to you and why you do sabotage. And so there's many different things that can happen. I just kind of gave like different um, categories, but I could do like hours of this. So we're just going to go into a little bit of categories and then I'll give you some tips of how to do it and how to change things and how to put yourself first and then we'll be done. So One thing to always remember, all kids need to know is that they matter and that their parents are okay. So if you grew up knowing that you matter and that your parents are okay, you had a really good childhood. If your kids are growing up, if you're a mom or a dad and your kids are growing up and they know that they matter and they're, they're not taking on your emotional needs and they know that you're okay, you're doing a really good job. One of the things that could have happened is a big, big, big one is parentified children. And so this can happen when you were put in an adult role as a child. You're supposed to be out there playing and having fun and being that mentality age of whatever age you are. And instead, you're having to take care of your siblings you're having to be the adult. You're the one having to take responsibility for your parents. You're the one having to make financial decisions or just different things that you shouldn't be doing as a child. And so you feel responsible for them. And then this can, you can carry a lot of guilt, a lot of guilt because you have all of this responsibility put on you that never should have been put on you. And so you feel like you're not doing a good job. You feel like you don't matter. You feel like you're not good enough and you're letting people down. You're critical of yourself and you're overwhelmed. And because here's the thing, and you're, you actually, here's, here's the weird thing, especially if you were a kid and you were parentified, it's almost like you like the responsibility because you're hoping that that's going to get you attention and that's going to make your mom proud or your dad proud. We're talking about mom, but same thing. That's going to make someone proud. And so you, you want to take it on because you want that acknowledgement, but you're overwhelmed and you're critical of yourself. And it's something that you should have never had to take on. How it shows up as sabotage is you could be the person who is putting everyone needs, everyone else's needs in front of yours. Yours don't matter. And you can feel like a failure. And then you have this deep resentment of not getting your needs met. And we talked a little bit about that with the codependency piece up there. And here's the thing. You are always unconsciously trying to make mom happy. Even if you're adult and you're not even talking to your mom anymore, you have a surfacey relationship or your mom has even passed, 
you can still unconsciously be trying to make her happy. And that is sabotaging your wants and your dreams and your relationship and your money and everything, your health, what it is that you want. With this, I had, I had a client who would wake up every single morning completely anxious. I mean, she came from a family with a ton of kids and then she has kids herself and she'd wake up every single morning anxious. And when we worked together and she saw how much her mom and, and how she had to take on the responsibility of her siblings, like she was the mom and how much that was playing into her and why that was making her anxious. She was able to get her voice and speak her truth as her inner child as to how, who she wanted to be and how she wanted to play and have fun and not have to do this. And now she doesn't wake up anxious anymore because she finally got that anxiety out of her body because she recognized where it came from. So here's the other piece with a parentified child. And if you guys heard my earlier Facebook live all about why we sabotage unconsciously and I go off when it comes to surrogate spouse. And so I'm going to go off a little bit and because it's not just a parentified child that is like taking care of needs. It's someone who is, it's, it's a mom who is putting their child in the role of their spouse in the role of their partner. And so this child is definitely not getting to childhood. They're having to act like the partner in so many different ways that we, we won't even get into. But one way is like being their confidant, being their therapist, listening to to the problems they're having in their relationship, seeing, seeing them going on dates and having them tell them things that mothers shouldn't be telling their kids. And also like setting up their child to be a good boy or a good girl, like doing everything as mommy ass kind of thing. And that can really, really affect us in our adulthood, big time, big time, because then it's so hard to go on and have a relationship when you are unconsciously still tied to mom and unconsciously still trying to get mom's approval. So there's, like I said, it's very convoluted how it happens, but um, and the thing is, is mom, mom isn't doing it on purpose. She's just getting her needs met. And if she didn't get her needs met by her mom and vice versa and all up the, up the lineage, then that, that's what we learn. And too many times kids are put in that role of having to act like a spouse and a partner when the kid just wants to play when the kid just wants to have their own experience. And so if you went through that, then look at your relationships and see, has this affected my relationship? Yeah, mostly with relationships. I mean, it can show up in success and it can show up in different ways and health, health for sure. If we don't honor our own needs and wants and our feelings, then it absolutely shows up in the body. So I think that's, that's the big rant. Oh, here's the other piece. It's a little bit different than, than surrogate spouse, but, um, so, because we're talking about mom, if you were actually, it's not different than surrogate spouse. It's very surrogate spouse. So if your dad chose you to be the surrogate spouse, chose you to fulfill those needs that mom couldn't, mom could be very triggered by you. She could be putting her anger and her jealousy on you. And then you don't, you're not doing anything wrong. It's not your fault. You were the chosen one, but here you are having your mom angry or jealous or saying critical things or being really weird to you. And then uh, as little kids, we don't know what's going on. So we think something's wrong with us. Why is my mom 
treating me like this? What did I do wrong? We never look at, oh, mom and dad are having some weird stuff going on or mom or her partner or whatever is going on. We don't look at that. We automatically think something is wrong with me. What am I doing wrong? And here's one more caveat. This is the caveat that isn't the surrogate spouse. But sometimes what can happen too, if you are a mom and you have a child that turns the age where you had some trauma, you can start to have, and, and I'll say, you could start to feel some intense feelings, maybe even hatred towards your kid, which let me tell you, it's, it's normal because it's bringing up the trauma in you. And if you haven't dealt with it, then it's time to deal with it because sometimes even if, if we don't deal with our trauma, but then we have a kid that turns that age, then it comes right back up. And so if that is happening, that is something to absolutely go seek professional health, what help, whatever it is for you. Okay. And so, like I said, so this will show up in your relationships. This will show up with your self-esteem and how you feel about yourself because you're, you didn't get to play. You had to be this parent when you had to take on all this responsibility when you weren't supposed to. Your dreams and wants get squashed be, and you could be set up to take care of your mom or your parents the rest of your life and you can't fully be independent because you've had to take on that role. Um, cinnamon, this was me before my session with you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And whatever you feel comfortable sharing cinnamon, but absolutely. Yeah. Because you were, you had to take care of your younger sister when you were young and you didn't know what you were doing. How, how long have you had to carry those guilty feelings? And I won't say more cause I'll let you chime in what you want to share, but absolutely. And Michelle. My ex-husband made our son a surrogate spouse and it has had a huge negative impact on his side. Yeah. Yeah. I think you were saying you're having some issues with him as well. So absolutely. It's important to know this stuff. So you can, can be aware of it. Once you're aware of it, that's when you can change it. And if it's later on, you can still change it. And I'll talk about that later on. Okay. So another category is if you grew up with an, an unhappy or emotional or disinterested mom, then you made it mean something is wrong with you. And just what I said earlier, that's what we do as kids. We aren't, we don't have that mind capacity to see like, oh, something's going on with mom. I'm going to stay away. It's like, oh my gosh, mom hates me. Why? What can I do? Why doesn't mom love me? Why isn't she not happy? How do I make her happy? Why is mom not interested in me? How do I make her interested in me? It's like constantly all about us. We're egotistical as we're little kids because we have to be. The way that you can be sabotaging that is you're not letting yourself be happy and do what you love because, and this is, this is usually unconscious, but you feel like, well, your mom wasn't happy. So it's not okay for you to be happy because then you would be outdoing your mom and you would hurt your mom. Cause a lot of times we can take on those feelings of, how, and, and it could be unconscious too, but we don't want to put our parents in pain, especially if we thought there was something that we did in our childhood that made our parents, put our parents in pain. Then the last thing we would want to do is put them more in pain. And so we can disregard our wants and our needs in adulthood because we feel bad for what they went through. Oh yeah. So I had a client who um, contacted me because she was having an issue at work with her boss. And 
It was so interesting because it had everything to do with her mom and she didn't see it, but her mom was super critical of her. She was actually the parentified child too. Um, she was parentified, but also her sister was like the chosen one and her sister, younger sister could do no, no wrong. And she did all wrong. And so of course, because she hasn't dealt with that issue that she attracted a boss who treated her the exact same way. And once we worked together and she saw that, and again, she spot, she got to speak her truth in the session. She got to share her feelings. She got to get in touch with her inner child and what her inner child wanted and needed. And now she's put up some really strong boundaries from her mom. And I worked with her in December and she just wrote me an email last week telling me that she is almost in disbelief of how much she has changed and how much working with me has helped because she's not, she used to have to listen to her mom call her and have to just take it of her mom telling her how awful she is as she's a mom and she's moved on in her life and now she doesn't do it anymore. She puts up those boundaries. And so there is hope you guys can, if this, if you're relating with this, there's hope, there's different things you can do. And so the last one that I have the category for is where you're, you're just wanting to do things differently and it's not okay in your family because you're brought up to be this Christian or you're brought up to be in this politics or you're brought up to be in this family business or whatever it is. And so you feel this strong pressure that you have to do things the same way as the family, or you're going to be disowned or humiliated, or you're not going to fit in, just different things. And so that fear is so strong that we can't go after our hopes and dreams because we don't want to be treated like that in the family. And we don't want to hurt anyone in the family. We don't want to come across like we're better than. The way that we sabotage, and this um, is, is something that we either succumb to it and we just are like, okay, I'm not going to be different. I'm going to be like the family so I can be accepted and just push away all of our wants and dreams. Or we can rebel and completely go against it and do what we want. But here's, here's the difference. Rebelling is good. However, if you're rebelling, but you still have all of this animosity towards your mom and you still have all of this anger and you're not doing any work on yourself, then it's not any better because you're still giving her the power. You're still giving that family the power. And so when you can come into that place where you're indifferent and you learn the lesson and you understand that you're going to be who you want, then you're, you're, you're on good terms. Oh yeah. So I have um, a client right now who is trying so hard to differentiate herself. She's been like stuck under her mom's guise for years, 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 years. And the minute she wants to go do something different, her mom knows exactly like what to say, how she's manipulated her to make her feel bad about herself and go back to her old ways. So her mom is happy. And so we are working really deep right now to, to help her with that because she's had a lot of anxiety and now it's showing up in her body. It's showing up with health reasons. And so we are working very, I would say not quickly. We are working very strategically to set these boundaries very little bit. So she still feels safe and secure because her mom has had such a big role in her life of her anxiety. And so by, by setting those boundaries, that's when she's starting to get her self-esteem back and starting to notice changes in her body and, and start to do what she wants to do. Cinnamon. I didn't even realize that moment stayed with me. I know, I know the responsibility of making everything perfect to take over everyone else's emotions. Exactly. And that's a huge responsibility for you to take on 
as a little kid to have to take on the emotions of the whole family. That is, that is not okay. And that's what happens is we take on the whole entire family. Being ourselves is, is enough. And then having to take on the emotions of everyone else. I mean, it's, um, in therapy terms, it's called the scapegoat. You're the one that can do no right. And you're the one that's holding on all of the emotions because no one else in the family is doing their work. And so you're the one that's having to carry it all. And then it comes out with your wants and dreams and your success and, and how you feel about who you are. Cinnamon wrote, yes, outdoing them. It's almost like honoring their struggle as a legacy. Yes, Cinnamon, to continue the struggle because that's the way it's always been. I'm so glad you brought that up because yes, because it's almost like you took on this contract. And a lot of times we have to, because even though we're adults, we still can be having those feelings towards our mom. And it's like, oh my gosh, I can't do better than them because this is our family legacy. And I don't want to stand out in that way. And so it's like, we sabotage ourselves from what we truly want because we feel like we can't outdo the family. So I'm glad that, that you got that cinnamon. Okay. Now that we talked about all of these difficult things and different things that could be showing up in your life uh, for you as a kid, or maybe you as a mom, what can you do? How can you change things? Now you're aware of it. How can you change things? I want to say if any of this information triggered you, good, because it's giving you awareness that this is something to look at. I want you to know that it's time to get your needs met, because if you have any of these mother wounds, it's because you weren't given a chance to speak. You weren't given a chance to have your emotions. You weren't able to get what you want. And so now it's time for you to get your needs met. You can't rely on anyone but yourself. It's like you have to reparent yourself. Doesn't matter how what your age is, it's time you have to reparent yourself. You have to treat yourself like the little girl and what her wants and dreams are dreams are. So I'll ask you, what is it that you want? What do you need? And sometimes it's hard because you've been so busy giving, giving, giving and doing all that stuff for other people that it's hard to know what you want and dream and, and need. And so start with the basics. What do you need? You need water. You need shelter. Start with the basics and work your way up. And that's how you're going to start to get over this if this is what you're relating with. Uh, treat yourself with respect. Treat yourself like you would talk to a best friend. Listen to the way that you're talking to yourself in your head. Would you say that to your best friend? If not, why in the heck are you saying that to you? Uh, write the words, I am enough on a mirror. or Write it somewhere in your house so you know that you are enough and you can see it because you are enough. I want you to know that whatever happened to you has nothing to do with you. Every single baby is born knowing that they're good enough, knowing that they're lovable, and so if you feel like you aren't lovable, you aren't good enough, you don't love yourself in your body, it's not your fault. You are good enough. You just went through some things. You had to take on some BS beliefs that are not yours. Oh, and now it's time to do what you've always wanted to do. We all have those bucket lists. So what's on your bucket list that you've always wanted to do and maybe felt guilty about doing? Time to do it. Do it. Give to yourself first because that's the thing. If you fill your cup up first then you have so much more to give to people. And if you've been resonating with this and you could be that person who has been codependent, that rescuer role, then you're giving from an empty cup. And that's why these resentments are building up. That's why it's showing up in the body. So instead of doing that, fill your cup up 
by doing your your bucket list, by asking for what you want, but getting your needs met, take yourself on a date, get yourself a dog, whatever it is that you need, then you can give to other people. Here's here's a big one that I'm very strong about, and I know I have people who feel completely different than me. Forgiveness. Forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. Yes, it's a good thing. Too many people do it way too soon, and then it becomes spiritual bypassing. You do not want to spiritual bypass because if you go, okay, this happened to me, this sucks, I'm going to forgive my mom. Okay, but did you actually let yourself, as that inner child, go into your emotions and your feelings and let yourself get angry? Let yourself cry. Did you let yourself feel those feelings first? Because if you did, then you can forgive. But too many times people are taught, oh, just forgive them. Forgiveness is so, so good. And yes, it is. I'm not saying it's not. But the thing is, is if you forgive too soon, it's still going to show up. You didn't do any work on it. You just spiritually bypassed it and are hoping that it's okay. And then here you are putting your needs last again and your little inner child that needs you the most, you're putting them on the back burner because it's more important to forgive mom than to actually go in and see what feelings are coming up with me. Why am I angry? Why am I sad? What's going on with me? And, and listen to your wants and needs. Then you can forgive. So also, if this is triggering any other things for you guys, you can always go to a helping professional. There's so many people out there. I do um, hypnosis to help people find the root cause of these issues. I'm also a licensed therapist. There's tons of doctors out there. There's tons of holistic people. There's tons of people who are trained and know how to handle this. If you've had a lot of trauma, go find a trauma therapist. There's there's a lot of, lot of help out there. Another piece is give up on trying to get your mom to accept you and love you as you. If she didn't do it before, she's not going to do it now unless she's doing personal growth work. If she's not doing that, you are wasting your time if you are trying so hard to get her attention, to get her approval. It's not It's not going to happen. And so give yourself the attention and the approval and the accolades that you need instead of worrying about her. And I could be unconsciously too. So this is something to pay attention to is if you could be unconsciously doing this and and sabotaging yourself for your wants and dreams because of that. And so here's the other piece for if you are a mom. So the advice that I have for you or the encouragement that I have is stop playing God. Stop playing God. Your kids need to know that you're human. Your kids need to know that everyone makes mistakes. Apologize. If there's something that happened, go to them and apologize. Let them see you have feelings. No, you don't have to let them see you cry every single night if you're going through a difficult thing because you don't want them to be set up to take care of you emotionally. But let them know that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to have feelings. If as a parent, if you have a kid that triggers you before you react, look at what it's about. Leave, leave the room and find out, okay, what is this about? Why am I being triggered? What's going on with me? Is this bringing me back to their age when this happened to me? How did my mom handle this? Start to go inside and ask yourself what is going on before you get triggered and blow up at them and then hurt them in the process. And again, I know being a mom is not easy. There's so many different things that 
can show up. And so these are things that you can just think about and that can help you. Hopefully this gave you some insight, some awareness. It can help you move forward. It can help you see that there's nothing wrong with you and that you are good enough. I mean, that's the main thing. If, if you feel like you're not good enough and you feel like something is wrong with you, that is a BS belief that you need to completely shatter because it is not yours and it never was. And just shatter that. It doesn't belong. Thank you guys so much for being here live. If you were here on the replay, let me know. If you have any questions, you can always pop them in the chat. If you um, want to talk with me, you can always email me or private message me and I can send you my calendar link and we can talk further about this. And again, that was, thank you so much for watching. Again, this is not an easy topic for me. And I was like laughing around and saying like, really? Why did I choose mom for my like first topic in these series of shattering BS beliefs? And I had to choose mom. So whew, I, I did it. It's over with. And next time we will talk about dad. So I'm not leaving him out. So we'll talk about what's going on there. And again, Thank you all for watching and listening, and I will see you soon. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope that you were able to shatter some of those BS beliefs. Please share this podcast with anyone that you think it will resonate with, and leave me a comment or send me a voice message so I can have a Q&A with your questions. And if for some reason you still have those pesky BS beliefs, go to nobstherapy.com and send me a message. I love helping people get to the root cause of their BS beliefs so you no longer have to have them anymore. And you can go on being the empowering person with the amazing life that you were meant to have. See you next time.